eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Uh, we're coming at you on Friday afternoon. Hopefully you guys can get this up in time for your drive home from work. But, uh, Blake, let's go ahead and start with kind of the topical news of the day, the week, I guess you would say. Um, sometime on Thursday afternoon, reports started coming out that, or even Thursday morning maybe, uh, reports started coming out that Florida is potentially adding to its support staff, its off-the-field staff. Um, and two of the names that have come up, um, neither of them ha- have been confirmed yet, uh, so we should be clear on that. Uh, but two of the names that have come up as guys that Dan Mullen might potentially be adding to the support staff are Kirby Smart, um, not <laughs> Kerwin Bell. Breaking sorry. news. Got George on on the brain. Uh, Kerwin Bell, uh, obviously the former Florida quarterback who had a ton of success, was named the SEC Player of the Year in 1984. Um, went on to Jacksonville and was obviously very big on the Jacksonville scene there. Um, but Kerwin Bell potentially coming on as an offensive analyst. Again, some conflicting reports there. From what we've heard, uh, nothing yet is a done deal. Um, so that's important to note. But then the other guy I think that maybe is even more interesting is uh, recent USF head coach, Charlie Strong. Blake, uh, when you hear those two names, uh, I guess what are your thoughts and uh, what kind of additions would those be for Florida if they come to pass? You know, obviously these guys being analysts, it's it's not really some kind of, it's not a recruiting boost. I mean, they can speak with these guys when they're on campus. It, it's it's really pretty much limited to that. So it's not like you add some big recruiting um, you, you know, additions to the staff. Obviously, a, a lot of name recognition I think comes from Charlie Strong, a name like that, with a lot of these recruits, um, just from you know having stints as being a head coach and obviously uh, just the success he had being the defensive coordinator at Florida. So, uh, I think Corwin Bell, more or less, it, it, he brings. Um, offensive mind, another smart mind in there, a guy who's been a head coach at you know maybe some smaller schools like Valdosta State and Jacksonville and you know schools like that. But I mean, adding a guy like even either one of these guys, adding both, adding one, it's obviously brings uh, you know a really smart football mind to Florida. Um, I think really when you look at this coaching staff at Florida. I think for the most part, I think you have a lot of big-time coaches there, a lot of big-time football minds. So I think adding two more guys like that does nothing but a positive for Florida. Um, again, Charlie Strong, probably something more of you know bigger name recognition for maybe fans outside of the Florida, maybe even USF or State of Florida type of people like that. But, I mean, big-time guys you can add in there. Um, you know, It just gives Florida just a little bit more of an edge 
Um, just from schematical standpoint, you have someone who maybe, you know, maybe they see something a different way or, you know, it's just another big time football mind in there. It just kind of reminds me of just what Alabama has done. You know, you bring in a lot of these, you know, old head coaches or old coordinators and they kind of mm-hmm. spend a couple of years and they, you know, they kind of marinate at Alabama and, you know, they bring in another football mind there to an already big time, you know, program with a lot of smart minds there. So, you know, I think it's kind of the approach of there. Um, but, you know, I think Florida fans would be really excited. You know, you have one guy who was a big part of, uh, you know, what Florida did in 2008 and having all those successes in defense. Um, and then Kerwin Bell being a guy who's a former Gator himself, a Gator great. You know, so I think, you know, it, it, in general, I mean, there's really no negative way I can even paint the picture of adding either one of those guys. Yeah, and I know, like, to, to clarify for fans that may not understand exactly how the, you know, the off-the-field roles work, um, the NCAA allows you to have 10 assistant coaches that work with players on the field at practices, stuff like that. And those guys can go out on the road recruiting, uh, to go visit recruits and all that. So if you're on the support staff, uh, you're not one of those, those 10 coaches, but you're still working within the program, still helping, like Blake said, breaking down game film, stuff like that, studying opponent tendencies, all those kind of things. Um, but I do think, um, you know, I know you said, you know, that they can't recruit necessarily going to visit recruits and stuff like that. But I do think when you have a guy like Charlie Strong, uh, who has very recently been a head coach at a big program like USF, I, I do think that uh, there's probably already some built in relationships that he has with recruits. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily guys that if, you know, if Charlie Strong gets hired here, that Florida closes with some 2020 guys. I don't think it necessarily helps in that sense. Um, but I do think when you if you get a guy like Charlie Strong into the program, and he's just been at USF for a couple of years, building relationships with some of these recruits, some of these families. Um, and then they, they realize now that he's at Florida and they also have built, you know, some relationships with the Florida staff. It's just one more guy in there when you come to visit on campus, uh, when you, you, know, you think about sending your son to Florida, that a lot of parents will look at and say, OK, we know that guy. We trust that guy. Um, you know, we've had a great relationship with him. And so I don't know that necessarily it would be like a long term recruiting boon for Florida to get Charlie Strong on campus. But, uh, you know, just even looking at social media the other day when when reports came out, uh, you would see a couple of recruits here and there kind of, you know, giving the thumbs up or, or Vontae Williams being emoji. one of them, a top 100 safety 2020 guy for Florida. So, I mean, there's going to be some ripples there just from the name of that. But, um, right. you know, it, it it's good to have a guy who's been a head coach and even two guys who have been head coaches somewhere. So I just don't think there's any negative of that whatsoever. Right. And I agree. And the, and the other thing is, look, let's be realistic here. Um, you know, Todd Grantham the last couple of years. Uh, you know, two years ago, he was a candidate for, I guess it was really only last off season, but, uh, I mean, was there was one year he was linked to the NFL and then last year or right. this past I mean, he was linked to Mississippi state. So, I mean, the last two years there's been smoke buzz, whatever you want to right. call it real or not real, but there's just, you know, perception of it is that Florida could have possibly lost their defensive coordinator these last two years. And I think it's a, I mean, I bring that up because I think it is a very real possibility that at some point Grantham is going to get an opportunity to move up somewhere else. I mean, your name doesn't keep coming up for job openings like that. Um, and not eventually get one where you're, you know, they're not only are you willing to, to leave a great spot at Florida where you're making $1.8 million a year, but also you get the other side to bite where they're like, okay, there's been enough interest in this guy. Let's take a shot on him. Uh, particularly with how, you know, Florida's defense has really performed. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, third and Grantham, uh, I know people joke about it and there, there are some, some flaws in the defense, but overall you look at Florida's defensive numbers, they've been terrific. I mean, you know, Florida is a top 10 defense again last year. Um, and so I think bringing a guy like Charlie Strong, uh, maybe you can help iron out some of those deficiencies. Maybe you get a guy that, uh, you know, is able to, like I said, pour through some of the film, not just for opponents, but for yourself, figure out maybe ways we can shore up, you know, third down defense or this or that. And I, I laugh because I know, uh, you know, 
fans used to joke around that uh, he was third and long strong. Uh, so I, I don't know necessarily that that one will get fixed. But again, I think it's just another guy in the room. And then, you know, if Todd Grantham does end up leaving, um, at the very least, you have a guy that's already familiar with the program, can offer some continuity. Maybe he doesn't end up becoming the defensive coordinator if Grantham leaves, uh, but at least you've got a guy that could maybe step into a position coach role, uh, kind of ease a transition, even if they're, you know, Florida goes outside the house for its next defensive coordinator. And I think those kind of things, I think they help. Sure. And, you know, the time of the year when coaches get new jobs, it's usually close to signing day. It's around somewhere there. So, you know, we're obviously playing hypothetical here. You know, what if? But, you know, if there is the day that comes when Grantham does move on to another spot where a head coaching job or into the NFL or whatever have you, I mean, I I think the day is going to come when that does happen eventually. Um, You know, if it's close to a signing day, December, February type of thing, having a guy like Charlie Strong who's been with the program however long um, in the past, however long he would be there as an analyst if this happens. You know, it's one of those things where I I could see it being a smooth transition because it is tough sometimes when you lose a defensive coordinator program. You know, you lose them close to signing day like that. So I think that that's something that Florida does have in the wings there. You know, obviously – you know, if you find somebody else who's who fits what you want, that's great. But I mean, at the very least, I mean, if your worst case is Charlie Strong, you know, kind of sliding over and being a you know a coordinator or a position coach, I, I think that's a pretty nice day if that's if that's your worst case. For sure, and I think we've seen Dan Mullen kind of move this trend toward um, hiring, like you said, more veteran coaches. Something that obviously Nick Saban's done in Alabama and had a ton of success with. When you talk about Saban bringing in guys like Sarkeesian. Uh, you know, Butch Jones, I believe, is still on his off off the field staff. Um, so you get I think when you get guys that have, you know, a little bit more experience coaching at a high level and you have those guys to kind of bounce ideas off of, I, I think it really helps a lot. And Dan Mullen has obviously always been a guy that's looking at different offensive concepts. You know, they came in in 2005 trying to trying to run you know, their offense the way they ran it at Utah and then realized they didn't have the pieces for it. And they were pretty quick to switch to what looked like a more traditional offense with a fullback. And I think when you have a guy like Kerwin Bell, who's who's seen a lot of different football and coached a lot of different successful offensive football teams, um, I, I think it gives you the chance to have a more well-rounded look, a more well-rounded approach at things. Um, and, and, and it's so another think, quarterback guy. I mean, that's, another that would be three QB guy. guys. Exactly. So you get, you know, you get him, Brian Johnson and Dan, Dan Mullen all working with quarterbacks, particularly when you, you know, when you've got two guys right now that are pretty young. I mean, Emory Jones is still pretty young. He hasn't really had a whole lot of experience. Uh, but then Anthony Richardson, obviously coming in. If you get more hands on to work with those guys, more more guys in the room that can spend individual time, you know, going over. This is what you're looking at. This is what you should be looking at. This is how you should study it. Uh, I think that can that can only really help for Florida. Yeah, I think these would be uh, overall. I think these would be big time additions for Florida. Obviously, like you said, we're still in kind of a wait and see mode. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Nothing's confirmed. It just seems like there's, you know, some smoke out there, and everyone's obviously doing their due diligence and kind of waiting through. But it does seem, just from the most recent check, um, I know Thomas spoke with some sources earlier today that for right now that there is no movement there, but there has been some conversations. I think that's safe to say. That's kind of where where we're at right now. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, I think that, the, you know, I would say the people that are reporting this generally, I consider them to be pretty credible uh, just because we have not been able to confirm it. And, and maybe it's not done deal, done deal. It doesn't mean that any of these reports are wrong. Uh, so, you know, that, that's important, too. Uh, but, Blake, let's go ahead. And uh, I know we got a lot of recruiting to get to on this show. Uh, obviously, you know, a big weekend last weekend, another big one this weekend. Let's go ahead and take an early break here and then we'll get back and talk a little bit of Florida recruiting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Swamp 24-7 writer uh, Blake Alderman. We're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. Blake, I wanted to rewind a little bit to last weekend. Um, it was one of the first real big visit weekends coming out of the dead period. Uh, I guess first off, just uh, go ahead and recap for us how that visit went for Florida, some of the key prospects that made it in, um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, like you said, it was Florida's first big visitor weekend. Um it's the third. This weekend will be the third visitor weekend since this, uh, since January started over in the contact period. First weekend there, January seventeenth. Mullen was, uh, you know, in South Africa at Tim Tebow's wedding, so I guess that's a pretty good reason to uh, miss out on a visitor weekend. Um, <laughs> then this past weekend was whenever they really had a lot of their their top targets left. Um, they had first. I'll start off with a couple commits they had there. They had four star safety uh, Mark Britt. He was on campus last weekend. He should be at Old Miss this weekend for an official visit. Um, another guy who signed with Florida Avery Helm, signed, sealed, and delivered. He was in the playoff deep run back in December. Um, another guy, Jameer Gibbs, another top target for Florida at running back. Um, committed to Georgia Tech. He'll be in in Atlanta this weekend for an official visit. Um, I, I think that's where we're kind of at now. We're waiting to see how this official visit goes. I'm still leaning towards him sticking with the with the Yellow Jackets. I just think that it's just there's a lot of things on and off the field that he really likes about them. Um, Obviously, have them having the last visit, I think, is something concerning as well. Another committed running back, Florida, offered on Sunday. He entered uh, the last weekend without an offer and a shot. Clayton uh, currently committed to Colorado. He's there this weekend on an unofficial visit. Uh, gives them the last say there. I think Florida still, all things considered, I think they're still all in on Gibbs. I think they're waiting to see um, maybe all the way to when, maybe when they get a, you know, a no, I'm not coming here. I think that's where Florida's at now. Um, will they turn over and Clay- to Clayton after that? I think it's something to keep an eye on, but I don't know if that's something that's completely solid yet. Um, Florida could very well go into this into this cycle with no running back. You know, they have Lorenzo Lingard, who they got through the transfer portal. For the most part, I think that they're okay with him being the guy. Um, he obviously will have to wait and see where things go with a waiver. I know he has a sick father, so coming from Miami to Florida, there was you know obviously being closer to home was one of the big things there. And Deland is just you know not too far from Florida at all. Um, so I think right now a Clayton is probably the one to watch um, if Florida really goes all in on there. But I, honestly, for right now, I think he's going to stick with Colorado. And I don't know if that's just the fact that I think with them getting the last visit, having a lot of ties there, and Florida maybe even kind of looking at now without taking a running back. So I think that's where we're at with those two guys. Uh, Vontae Williams was another big-time guy on campus last weekend. He's a four-star top 100 type safety Florida really wanted to hit the safety position out of the park. Um, they have a lot of big-time additions already in there. Uh, 
couple signed. Mark Britt is another guy I mentioned. He's committed but not signed yet. So I think Avante Williams is really the cherry on top there. Um, this is a battle. I mean, Florida has really battled because there has been a lot of twists and turns in this recruitment. Um, and we're kind of hitting here in the final stretch to where I've crystal balled Avante. I, I feel good about the pick. And now we're just kind of riding things out these last couple days until signing day. Um, Princely, you man me Ellen? I think that's his name. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm definitely saying it wrong. Um, He was another official visitor this past weekend. Uh, Heading into the visit, I think it was his first time there. Um, I think a lot of things really kind of hinged on that. I I didn't see any family with him when he left, and that seems to always be kind of a red flag with me. Just whenever you don't have family there, I always kind of consider, you know, well, why aren't they here? How serious are you looking at Florida? From talking with him after the visit, I mean, he completely admitted that his family really wants him closer to home. Uh, he started an official visit to Texas um, to, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday, um, and then he'll head over to Baylor. Um, he already officially visited there, but since they had a, a head coaching change, he could take another one, so he'll be there this weekend. I think it's going to come down to those two in-state schools. I, I think Florida is probably um, maybe a third right now. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at there. I, I really think just the fact of you know his family wanting him close to home, I think he probably would have committed to Baylor in December had there not been rumblings of a head coaching change and Matt Rule obviously heading to the NFL. Um, so right now I, I think ta- Texas and Baylor are the ones to watch there. Um, but the final official visitor this past weekend at Florida was a, a transfer uh, portal guy. He's a former five-star. He was a number one wide receiver in the 2018 class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. Uh, Penn State transfer, Justin Shorter, uh, big body type wide receiver. I, I think the best way to compare him, don't get me wrong, Mullen likes those big body wide receivers, you know, those cyborg types that can run and have the size. But I think he's more comparable to... You know, maybe adding some weight to him and kind of looking at what they've used Kyle Pitts as to where he's he's kind of a mismatch guy. You know, Kyle Pitts, he's not your traditional type of tight end. You can do a lot of different things with him. So I think it's really comparable to, to kind of look at what Shorter does and, and what Pitts has done. And I think they're pretty equal there in that sense. So um, he committed on the visit heading into that trip. We had him on commit watch. Uh, it seemed like Florida has had a, a pretty wide lead here for a while, and he left on Sunday giving the Gators his commitment. Um, as far as I know, he should be there enrolled in the summer. I'm not sure if that's a summer A or summer B type of deal, um, yeah. but when I spoke with him after the visit, he didn't want to do an interview just because he's a transfer guy, and he says he's been getting a lot of hate from Penn State fans just through the whole process and what have you. Um, it's the time of the year, man. That's how it is. It's, it's no interview yeah. season for me, um, but it did seem that Florida, it, it seemed like we were leaning towards the fact that it could happen, just you know, kind of reading his body language, Florida having the big lead there. So he should be there sometime in the summer, according to him. So, again, it was a big weekend for Florida. Yeah, I mean, anytime you add another former five-star prospect to the roster, I think that's a big deal. And, you know, you mentioned Shorter. He's a 6'4", 235-pound guy. Didn't, didn't necessarily have a ton of production at Penn State. You know, only 12 catches for 137 yards this year. Um, but I think he's another guy that's been through it a little bit. And I think... A lot of times with these transfers, once they've gone through it at one place, they you know there's no illusions about what they're getting into when they go into a new program. And I think that's probably one of the reasons Mullins had so much success with transfers. He's very straight up with them. Um, you know, Marcus Beckwith is another guy I forgot to mention for an official visit this past week. And he arrived on Saturday. Um, he had a basketball game on Friday. He's another tight end, Kyle Pitts type of guy. Um, he said Florida's been the leader since October. He visited unofficially for the Auburn game. Florida was the leader after that. They've still been the leader through official visits to Tennessee, official visits to Florida. But it's been kind of interesting here lately. Just the more I dig, 
and I say it's interesting in the fact that this is a guy who said Florida has been leading for months now. And, and the more I dig here late, it seems like Tennessee is is right there. I mean, th- for a guy who, who will tell you today, Florida is my leader. I think it's a lot closer than what I, at least I even thought um, kind of, you know, just over the last several months. So I think it's a little tighter there um, than what I, again, what I expected there. So I, I think that's one that could go Florida's way. I, I think I'm kind of edging more closer to 50, 50 right now as we kind of hit these last couple of days with him. Interesting. And you think that's a guy that Florida would probably like to add in terms of having another pass catcher in the group? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. They, uh, you know, I think everyone's pretty safe to say regarding how next season goes. I, I think I, at least I am, I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself here. I, I think Kyle Pitts having another big year next year, I would assume he's probably gone yeah, to the NFL he's after be this tight year. End number one. So I think Florida at this point is looking for guys that kind of fit that mold that they can use in the same way. Um, Beckwith is a guy that I don't know that they're going to really throw in the fire if he did commit and sign and throw him in there next season. And obviously Shorter would need a waiver to do that. So I I think right now they're kind of getting their ducks in a row for, you know, if and when Pitts is gone after this next season. Yeah, I mean, you probably don't need a guy uh, to step in and contribute right away at that kind of tight end role. I mean, I I think I'm super high on Keon Zipper, who I thought had a pretty good freshman season. Um, You know, not that Florida won't play a guy if he can help right away. Um, But like you said, I don't know that it's a huge need. I did kind of want to go back to running back a little bit because that's been the one spot in this class that we focused on a lot. And I think I think that Florida has, you know, just being blunt, has probably done a fairly poor job recruiting running back this cycle. Um, we've talked a lot about Jameer Gibbs, you know, the Georgia Tech commit being probably Florida's top prospect. Uh, but you said something interesting. You said you think Florida is potentially leaning if they don't get Gibbs and he sticks with Georgia Tech and Ashad Clayton were to stick with his Colorado commitment, that Florida could just sit at, at one running back in this class, essentially just taking Lorenzo Lingard. Um, how strongly do you feel that's the case? And then I guess for you, is that, uh, is that something that you're, for or against? You know, I think it's it's looking at least, I mean, Florida could have brought in a three-star type of guy like Jalen White. Uh, he's a, a three-star running back out of Alabama. Um, he They haven't offered. Um, he was tentatively on the official visitor list for this weekend, and Florida decided not to bring him in. Um, so I think that's where we kind of circle back around to where Gibbs is the top guy. He's been their top guy for a while. So I think, I think they really have all their eggs in the basket of Gibbs. Whether whether they get a yes or a no or any kind of answer like that going forward um, in that last, you know, kind of leading up to signing day, will they turn to Clayton, I think, is kind of where I'm at now as far as the question. I think Clayton is leaning towards sticking to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Florida, again, like I said earlier, could be in the fact of just, you know, being good with Lingard, being their guy. So um, I think at this point, if you can't get those guys, I, I'm okay with Florida not taking a stretch on a guy like a Jalen White, just because I, you know, nobody else, big time schools, you know, no big SEC schools, no big time, you know, Power Five schools have also offered him. So I, I think I'm good with Florida not wasting a spot on a guy that's probably not going to get any playtime or really going to crack their, uh, you know, their depth chart at any point. So. I, Lingard is, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a talented guy. He's a former five-star. I believe he's a former number two running back for his recruiting cycle. So uh, if if he's going to be a guy that you feel good enough that he can make a, you know, he can contribute, again, I think he has a real case for a waiver. The NCAA, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot with how those yeah, things kind of go. Know. You never know how the NCAA is going to go. So, you know, I, I think if he's going to be able to play, um, I, I think I'm okay with it just because, again, he's another former five-star guy. Florida did their homework and made sure he was a guy that was going to be able to help them out. Um, he, he's kind of a home home run threat, speedy type of a running back. 
which, you know, I, I'm really high on Jameer Gibbs myself, but I think Lingard is kind of comparable into the fact that he's, you know, he's got that lightning in a bottle type running frame to him, you know, that playing style. So I think they're, they're, they're comparable, yes. So I don't know that that makes it terrible for me. But I think in the same time, you know, let's say Lingard doesn't get a waiver. I think you're stuck with, you know, Damian Pierce, who I think is fully capable. But then past that, you've got some guys that really haven't shown. You mm-hmm. know, Malik Davis, who had a great freshman year, it seemed like he really did take a step back last year. I mean, he had some, you know, some fumble fingers last year and some key times for Florida. Um, obviously, Naquan Wright is a true freshman type guy that really hasn't got a lot of snaps yet. So uh, unproven, I think, is what we could say there. Iverson Clement is another guy who hasn't really cracked the depth chart or really got any meaningful carry. So I, I think it, it's it's risky because you bring back one guy that you know what you can bring with him, and that's in Damian Pierce. If you don't have Lingard as like a running back guy or some fresh legs or something, I think you're getting the point where you you know you may not you may have to question the depth there at Florida. So I I think that it's risky. Um, in the sense that if Lingard doesn't get a waiver, uh, maybe looking forward to next season. And it really does put a lot more pressure on 2021 because right. then that's where I think you're going to need, you know, easily you're going to need two backs there. So I think that that's where the pressure for me comes on where I, I you know, Florida had some struggles in, in a in a cycle in the state of Florida where they had a lot of really good running backs. You know, Demarcus Bowman, Lawrence Toafili, uh, Kevon Lee. Um, there's probably some others that off the top of my head, I just can't remember Parrish, um, Parrish, know, Don Parrish. Chaney. I mean, there's, yeah, there's there a lot a of really good running backs in the state of Florida this year. Uh, Jalen Knight. Now Florida didn't want all those guys. You know, some mm-hmm. of those guys were kind of back burner guys, guys that I think that they probably could have pushed a little harder for, but it's just a perception type of thing to where it was a really strong year in the state of Florida. Um, and, you, and you, here you are still looking for a running back, you know, in the last week leading up till signing day. So I think that obviously that's where I think a lot of fans have the gripes on. It's not necessarily, you know, some of these guys they've told no to. I think it's the fact that they've missed on a lot of these guys. And here we are still looking for another running back. So, a- again, I think the, the scary thing is the fact that you struggled in a state in, in state where a lot of guys are, you know, in this, your bread and butter right in your backyard. And now you have to expect them to land two in 2021. So I think that's where things get risky. Mind you, they do have a guy in 21, uh, a Brashard Smith type of guy. He's he's more of an all-purpose type of running back. He could get some snaps out of the backfield. He can move into the slot. And Florida really likes him. He's a guy in 2021 that they are very high on in the state of Florida. So there's promise there. But I think you're going to need one of those bruising backs that can go through the tackle still. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the roster, and I love Damian Pierce as a player and a prospect. But beyond that, and again, not having seen much of Lorenzo Lingard, knowing not really knowing how he's going to do coming off injury or if he's even eligible, I just worry about that position not having a lot of difference makers past Damian Pierce. And if, you know, God forbid you have an injury, to me that group's pretty underwhelming right now. So it would have been nice for Florida to land a Demarcus Bowman or, you know, a Jameer Gibbs if they, you know, if they can get him. Um but I do, generally speaking, like the idea of let's not take, you know, let's not reach on a guy. Let's right. roll that scholarship over. And if anything, you know, if you do have issues at running back next year where you're not as productive as you'd like to be because you missed on somebody this cycle that could have maybe helped. Well, guess what? Now you can sell that to the next class um, and really use that as a chip. So I don't love the way the running back recruiting has unfolded at Florida, but I think I do. Uh, I, I much would much would prefer to see Florida hold that scholarship if if they don't land one of these elite guys like uh, like Gibbs or, or Clayton down the stretch, one of these real four-star type players. Um, but yeah, Blake, uh, why don't you go ahead and preview for us kind of what we should be looking at this weekend going into another big visit weekend. You know, there's only one official visitor. You know, I've, I've cut off a couple guys uh, off the official visitor list as the week's gone on. Early on here, we heard the possibility of Zach Evans visiting this coming weekend. 
Um, we, we finally got to the point where Florida had decided to back away, not going to be involved there. So scratched him off the list. Uh, Leonard Manuel, Florida commit, who will not sign until April. Um, they, he was tentatively talking about this weekend. I expect him to come in sometime later since he's going to be signing later. Florida's kind of keeping an eye on his academics, keeping an eye on you know, his SAT, ACT scores. So I, I think it's okay to wait and hold that official visitor till later. Um, Ole Miss had him on campus this past weekend. So again, Jalen White, another guy they decided not to bring in this weekend for an official visit. So now we're down to one, one official visitor on the weekend, uh, four-star offensive uh, center, uh, out of uh, New Orleans, Warren Easton High School, Cedric Van Pran. Uh, he's the number 59 overall player on the 24-7 sports composite, number one offensive center, committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. He committed back in August, uh, did not sign with them in December. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Sam Pittman was gone and went to Arkansas, and then here we are without a, you know another offensive line coach. I don't know that he really had the strongest relationship you know, maybe back in December with Matt Luke, so he decided not to sign. Uh, he took an official visit to uh, Auburn, or excuse me, not Auburn, to Alabama. I had the right state, wrong team. He was at Alabama on January 17th, and he was in Georgia this past weekend for an official visit. This weekend, Florida's going to get the last visit. You know, he he talked up Florida staff quite a bit at the Under Armour game. You know, at the media day there, he mentioned that Florida was one of the schools um, that he kept it up with the most. It was one of the schools pressing him the hardest to change his mind, and he really talked up his relationship with guys like Greg Knox, you know, Dan Mullen, John Hevesy, a lot of those guys. So I, I think that there's genuine interest from him, but at the same time, you know, early returns and even now, even going through the week of how that Georgia official visit went, it, it really seemed like coming out of that visit that it was going to be really hard for any team to flip him from Georgia. So I think Florida has a little bit of an upward climb this weekend. This is his first time ever in Gainesville. They've got one of his former teammates, freshman Chester Kimbrough, uh, Again, a guy we talked about, Ashad Clayton, is one of his teammates as well. Um, he was on campus last weekend at Florida. So I think he's going to have a lot of people to kind of lean on. You can ask how Clayton, how his visit went. Obviously, I would be really shocked if Kimbrough wasn't his <clears throat> excuse me, his host over the weekend. So I, I think a lot of where Florida's at now is kind of hinging on how this visit goes. But again, I mean, I think they've got some work to do heading into the trip. Yeah, well, Dan Mullen is not uh, immune to uh, the late flip against Georgia. You know, Joshua Braun, they pulled him late before the early signing cycle. I know Kyrie Elam wasn't necessarily committed to Georgia, uh, but that was a battle that Florida won late down the stretch. So, hey, nothing's out of the picture. Uh, it'll definitely be worth keeping an eye on, and I'm, I'm sure you will uh, have all the updates for us on Swamp247.com. Of course, I'll be out there Sunday. I'm actually going to be there on Saturday during the day for a, uh, a, a junior day. Florida's going to have their first junior day of the 2021 cycle, so it should be a pretty busy weekend for Florida Gators recruiting on Saturday and Sunday. Awesome, man. Anything else for us to hit on the podcast before we sign off for the day? Uh, you know, they're going to have some big-time guys on for the junior day. I could throw a couple guys out. They're going to have a five-star defensive end out of IMG Academy in Tumizi Adele. I'm pretty sure. sure that's how you say it. Probably not right, but we'll just say that. Five-star. We'll call him Mr. Yeah, five-star. Five star. He's a five-star, and that's all that fans care about. Uh, this He's from Texas. He recently moved to Florida maybe a couple weeks ago. He, he moved to IMG Academy. So this is his second visit to Florida, but his first one since he's been moving down here. Uh, Lavoisier Carroll, another guy out of IMG Academy. He's a four-star running back. Um, recently, no, not recently. He decommitted from South Carolina back in the fall. Uh, top five: Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina, and Ohio State, along with Florida. So a lot of uh, big time schools there. I believe this is his first visit in quite some time. Now he might have popped up for a game. Um, a couple wide receivers: Marcus Burke. He's a four star out of Jacksonville. Dejon Reynolds, a four star guy out of Grayson, Loganville, up in Georgia. 
Um, one of the guys that I, I'm really intrigued in in 2021, um, he's a he's a 2021 20, tight end, Michael Trigg out of Lake Wales Sefner Christian. Um, he's got that Kyle Pitts type body, and he had really good junior tape. I think he's one of those big wide receivers that you could move around and do different things with. So I really like him early on. I, I, he has some good offers already. Again, you know, tape when you put out tape like that, you know, a lot of schools come in and offer. Uh, Bryce Langston. Former Florida commit for 2021 is expected on campus. Uh, three-star defensive end Byron Turner out of New Orleans, uh, St. Augustine High School, will be making his third visit to Florida ever um, this past Saturday. Um, really impressive DB group: Amari Harvey, um, Jalen Reed out of uh, Michigan, Omarion Cooper out of Lehigh. Um, a lot of big-time DBs there for 2021. They're going to have an athlete type of guy who could play wide receiver or safety. Charles Montgomery out of Armwood. Another four-star defensive tackle from Armwood. Desmond Watson making another visit. So Florida's going to have some some really impressive 2021 kids on campus this weekend. A lot of schools have junior days on hand, so Florida was did a pretty good job getting some of these four-star guys on campus. Awesome. All right. Well, there you have it. You just have guys. to show up first. Again, expect it. Yeah. That's the key right, word right, always right. with junior days. I know. People are always like, man, he was on the list. And you didn't, why, why didn't he make it in? No. Uh, yeah. Well, you'll keep us up to date with all that when, you know, when guys get in. And like I said, uh, everybody can visit swamp247.com to follow all that recruiting news. Blake does one hell of a job and uh, he will have all the latest for you as Florida wraps up the big visit weekend and really starts to kind of lay the groundwork for a, a 2021 class that has a ton of talent in the state. So. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.